Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Michaela Jin, and today I have a very special friend with me here. He has written not one, but two pieces for this fall issue. Hi, Charles. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Anytime. Um, would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Charles. Um, I'm a junior here at Wheaton, um, so I'm, and I'm an English writing and um, hunger certificate here. Wow. Um, and so I'm from a little town called Jobstown in New Jersey, um, which is close to Philadelphia. Um, but surprisingly for New Jersey, it's like very rural, which you might not expect, but yeah. it's really close to the city, but also very open. Um, mm-hmm. If you just take a picture of it, you might think you're in like, I don't know, Kentucky or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super great. Yeah. Nice. Um, so hunger certificate, is that mm-hmm. some, are you going to be traveling anywhere anytime soon? Yeah. So I'm at, since I'm a junior, the next fall, I will hopefully get to do like a six month hunger internship. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly where that's going to be yet, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I'm hoping to work with children in some capacity. Um, but we're, we won't figure out like exactly where we're going, um, or where I'm going. Um, in, for another couple months. So. All right. Okay. But that's very exciting. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to start with your poem first. Yeah. Um, so it's titled Pray for Your Dead. And it's beautifully written. It's very earthy kind of tones because it has a very, like, prominent figure from nature. Um, and, yeah. So would you just kind of tell us a little bit about like, your favorite bits and um, kind of your writing process for this? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Well, Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so this poem I wrote, um, not this past June, but the June before that. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was when we had just sort of come back um, from my freshman year of college. Um, right. And so, yeah, I, I've always kind of wanted to write a poem about my Uncle Pete, mm-hmm. um, who I never really knew um, <laughs> because he died when I was really little. Um, but there was always this tree in our backyard. Um, and so there are two like lines of pine trees on either side of my yard and one tree kind of stands out from the rest and it is a blue spruce rather than just like a typical pine tree um and so I was always told that that was like the Uncle Pete tree because (laughs) he had been he was it was given to us like right when he had died Mm -hmm. um to my dad and so I always knew that as the Uncle Pete tree, even though I never knew who he was. So I wrote this poem um, about kind of looking at this tree and mm-hmm. sort of my experience with it growing up um, and also kind of playing with this theme of, because um, I'd, I'd grown up Catholic. Yeah. And so that's where the Pray for Your Dead came in, which mm-hmm. was something that I learned growing up Catholic. Um, and I remember going to the Uncle Pete tree and praying underneath it for what where I had buried my my goldfish <laughs> um which was a a moment that I mentioned in the poem um and so yeah I think that a line that really that I love from this poem is um I remembered him more as the only blue spruce in our yard than as a man um which I think just is what I see as kind of the tie-in with inheritance mm-hmm. um just because I I see that line as what it means to remember someone yeah. um, who you've never met before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, or, or someone, I, I had met him, but I don't really remember mm-hmm. my interactions with him. But I do remember him as this tree and as this mm-hmm. thing yeah. <laughs> um, that's not actually a person. But I still have these memories of um, what it was like 
not growing up with this uncle named Pete, but a tree named Pete. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's my favorite line of the poem, um, and what what I think kind of encapsulates encapsulates what I wanted to say with it um, as far as inheritance goes. Yeah, so. and I think like objects that are tied with people is such there's such a unique like mm-hmm. symbolism and uh, meaning behind that. Uh, with one of my roommates, um, there's a smell of like a tanning lotion that reminds her of her yaya. And so that's mm-hmm. like very much that reminds me of like she kind of attributes scents and yeah. we do that too with just our loved ones. But with the tree, there's you almost kind of take it a step further because there's a physical presence tied to mm-hmm. the blue spruce. Um, so that's just, yeah, that's very, very yeah. unique. Yeah, I Thank loved you. the um, the line, I wonder what she was thinking as his body was lowered into the soil. Did she pray to him too? And I think mm-hmm. you're talking about your mother in this line. Um, but this almost has like kind of an eerie feel to it. And it just kind of, with the pray for your dead, that kind of, um, it's it reminds me of the day of the dead. And there's like celebration behind mm-hmm. someone's life. And so the mm-hmm. title of your poem, Pray for Your Dead, also very much carries that sense of contemplation. And it was just, yeah, it was wonderful. I really enjoyed just kind of really mm. sitting with every line and the progression was very, um, it was very personal. Yeah, so. Thank you so much, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and then with your essay, your essay's titled Dream World. And this mm-hmm. takes on a quite a different um, style. Yeah. <laughs> so would you be able to tell us a little bit about the background? Um, for people who haven't been able to get a chance to check out Charles' essay yet, um, he talks about his experience visiting the Church of Christ scientist in Glen Ellen, Illinois. So not too far away. Um, but it's a very different religious environment, almost social environment too. It's very different mm-hmm. lifestyle. And I remember when we met, you talked about how it's tied to a book that you read. I think Hymn of the Wolves or something. History of History Wolves. of the Wolves. Forgive mm-hmm. me. Um, and so, yeah, would you be able to share a little bit about what um, caught your eye with this church and why mm-hmm. you decided to write about this place? Yeah. So, um, actually, now I think that right around the time that I wrote my poem, I was also reading this book called History of Wolves by Emily Fridlund, um, mm. which is a book that I I always recommend to people when they ask me for book recommendations. Um, and so, so the book is about um, a teenage girl who lives in the northern woods of Minnesota, mm. and she um, ends up babysitting this little boy named Paul throughout um, a pretty long period of time. Um, and her experience babysitting him kind of culminates with him being being sick Mm -hmm. um and kind of this revelation towards the end Mm -hmm. that he's his family who um has kind of been idealized throughout the novel um they are revealed to be Mm -hmm. christian scientists um and the book takes place during a very prominent time for this religion Mm -hmm. um which the kind of pinnacle that people remember their faith as being is that they don't go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, and so that raised like in the eighties and nineties, especially so many ethical questions of, mm. is this okay to be like, like, should we be practicing this with kids? Yeah. Like, because most people are like, okay, you know, you have freedom to mm-hmm. not go to the doctor if you want, but you're going to impose that on your children. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what the book deals with is this question of this, this little boy who dies as part yeah. of this faith. Um, and so I had read this book and, and became really interested in it. And so in my creative non nonfiction class with Professor Drew Bratcher, mm-hmm. he had assigned us to do a reported piece where he 
encourage us to go somewhere out in Wheaton um, or just kind of the surrounding area and um, go and, and visit a place and um, learn about that place and learn about the people there um, and report on a kind of specific sort of either group or, or mm-hmm. situation. Um, and so I was like, I wonder if there are any Christian scientists around here that might have kind of fit into this narrative of yeah. history of wolves. And so I found um, the first Church of Christ scientists in Glen Ellen, mm-hmm. um, where I, I went and visited, and they um, I, I went to their service, um, and I ended up talking to Craig, mm-hmm. who's the um, practitioner at the church mm-hmm. for probably like three hours after, and he actually ended up driving me home. <laughs> and <laughs> um, it was just so fascinating. And so I wrote my paper, or my essay, on, on this experience. Um, of going to the church and and interviewing Craig and his wife Mary Carol, yeah. um, and then I also interviewed um, a woman who is kind of in charge of this fellowship of former Christian scientists mm-hmm. um, to get sort of like an opposing view of um, of the religion and just kind of wrestling with this question, um, sort of first and foremost of is this even legit because I mean Craig has a story that that I told you about uh, the other day yeah. about him allegedly resurrecting Mary Carol his wife when yes, she was indeed. sick and yeah. I just was like I just didn't really buy it I guess <laughs> but there was just so many other parts of their religion that really um I, I don't want to say impressive but were just really stood out to me as something that I almost wanted to apply to my own faith, just in how, um, in how much faith that they have, that yeah. they don't believe that they have to go to the doctor or they don't accept any kind of medicine. And like, like Craig was very healthy. Like both of them were very healthy. Right. And they um, just, it, it was just so striking to me how, how much faith they had that they would, would um, do this, where they are not um, accepting any medicine and, and they truly believe that this is like the the way to live your lives and, and to pass yeah. this on to your children. Um, so yeah, that's sort of sort of the background of, of everything. But yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. I know um, that story about Mary Carol and her food poisoning incident, like mm-hmm. reading about it that I kind of experienced the same initial like oh, this is a joke. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I do also find myself, when I was reading about, I don't remember the founder's name um, of this religion. Mary Baker Eddy. Mary Baker Eddy. Yeah. Um, when I was reading about kind of, um, not a manifesto, but just the book that she mm-hmm. wrote to be accompanied alongside their um, religious text, she talks about being spiritual beings, and you mentioned mm-hmm. that too, and I think just the faith element too is very, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way, attractive and intriguing mm-hmm. because you think about why, like, how is that faith so strong? And because mm-hmm. it's not bound to physical elements, and we as human creatures are so kind of like reliant on like our mm-hmm. senses in order to yeah. um, be able to feel cemented and really grounded in what we mm-hmm. believe in. Um, so that's very different, a very different type of faith and religion. Yeah, um, and I know you kind of touched on this, but why? the first church of Christ, um, like, is there a specific reason or was it just Mm -hmm. kind of like the book that you had read? Um, Yeah. Um, I mean, it was the thought had kind of been in my head because of, um, the book that I had read. Mm -hmm. And then I I had originally, um, I, I had thought about going to visit the, um, 
I've, I've lived at the Islamic Center and oh. uh, in Wheaton, and I was I was going to go and visit there, and I, I thought about visiting. I think I found um, some kind of it, it, I think it was a, a Buddhist organization mm-hmm. in Wheaton that I was thinking of going to, um, and I think that I was considering these options, and then the the idea of the Christian Science um, religion came up too, and. Mm-hmm. I think it was like I I decided that I wanted to go into completely unfamiliar territory, <laughs> um, and so so going somewhere that I really knew absolutely nothing yeah. about it, um, that I hadn't really done any research beforehand. The only thing I really knew was that what I had read in History of Wolves, mm-hmm. um, and just like kind of hearing occasionally that these people don't believe in medicine, right? Yeah. Um, so, it, and it was just something that had never been talked about in class mm-hmm. or something that just wasn't, like, really part of many conversations yeah. I had on, I'd had on campus, unlike other religions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really wanted to just explore something that I had, like, no sense of familiar familiarity with. Yeah, that's very bold, and I very much commend you for that. Um, I don't think very much people would be willing mm-hmm. to kind of step into very... Un, um, unknown territory like that. Um, and then you kind of mentioned Craig um, as a practitioner and mm-hmm. his role, and you mentioned a story about a lady in Greece with her tire that mm-hmm. broke down or her car. Um, but I just thought it was so interesting how like popular, because you mentioned initially like the church looked like the specific building and the mm-hmm. place that you had visited. It seemed like the religion had kind of died in a sense yeah. when, with its people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the widespread popularity very much is it like his like Craig's role is very much like present globally mm-hmm. and so I thought that was very impressive um so kind of speaking on to that like how does this piece connect to inheritance I know its connection mm-hmm. may not seem as apparent as with your poem mm-hmm. yeah I I think that um just in the way that we move about the world I, I, in one sense we wherever we go, we are kind of inheriting the stories of that place. And, and when we, in, in Wheaton, in, in this, this area, then we might only see a place as being the story of, of Wheaton College and the story of Wheaton College in, in this case, 2019, but right now in 2020 mm-hmm. and what's going on now, here and now. But there is yeah. so many stories that have mm-hmm. impacted the way that we see this place without us even mm-hmm. realizing it. Um, and I think that in, in particular with the Christian science church, I mean, you, I think if you asked most people on campus, they would have no idea that this church exists, <laughs> yeah, right? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but this church has indeed been part of a lot of conversations over the years, mm-hmm. especially in the eighties and nineties when the church of Christ scientists was very controversial, right? Like yeah. it's something that people were talking about and has impacted the way that this this town and this mm-hmm. the surrounding area has like lived right yeah. because of the presence of this church um and that was one thing that i actually regret about writing this essay is that i never reached out to the churches on the same street and that was something i really wanted yeah. to do yeah. um so that's one thing i would do differently but um i i think that when wherever we go then we are inheriting a place and inheriting stories whether or not we realize it um yeah. And then also just directly within this story, then um, the question of inheriting something from your parents, right? Mm-hmm. And how, you know, Paul in the book, I mean, has kind of inherited this faith from his parents and it ends, yeah. it leads to 
his death, mm-hmm. right? And so um, that's a question that I think I could explore a lot more in like a whole nother essay, right? Mm-hmm. But just I think that I, I, I wanted to think about this question of um, what does it mean to have something passed down to you that not isn't necessarily like this beautiful token of remembrance, right? Yeah. Which is kind of what we think about when you think of the word inheritance, like mm-hmm. inheriting, you know, a fortune, right? Or inheriting... That would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> inheriting like a, a meaningful necklace from mm-hmm. someone, but inheriting a, a faith that might actually kill you, like yeah. is so much different than the way that we typically think of the word inheritance. Um, and so... I don't necessarily still, even though I I feel like on this essay I have, you know, personal closure, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like I have answered that question of whether or not like this is this is right, you know, yeah. like um because it is so hard to to think about all those stories of in the eighties and nineties of mm-hmm. of these children. But I mean, I asked Craig about that and he had an answer, right? So mm-hmm. there's so much at play. Yeah. And I think you make some really good points and have really great insight on this um, just in regards to, like, awareness of your surroundings and how just the things that you experience impact you. Um, Yeah, because I think, like, you can add this experience that you've, like, chosen to write about to that Mm -hmm. kind of, to your identity. Mm -hmm. And um, remembrance is also very much a very big part of inheritance. Mm -hmm. Uh, So very, very important kind of lesson to teach, um, to mm-hmm. be aware and to be present, but also to continue to explore mm-hmm. um, past the bounds of what we're traditionally used to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so how or what more so does inheritance mean to you in your day-to-day life? Yeah, I I think it has a lot to do with, with, with sort of what I was just saying about like the stories of a place being inherited and mm-hmm and becoming more and more aware of what you have inherited um, yeah. and what um, your what your, what is being passed down to you um, without it necessarily being a thing mm-hmm. um, and understanding your own place within a particular narrative of um, of a place that you're in um, and I think like in my writing that I've been working on right now that I've been really interested in this question of how does history shape um, a place without us even realizing it, sort of like what I've been talking about. Um, just because just of, like, learning about the place that I grew up in, like like I was telling about the other day, um, and how I'm beginning to understand sort of how, in particular, like the, the towns that I grew up in have been, um, and the area has been so impacted by um, like white flight from Philadelphia mm-hmm. um, and how when you're growing up then you don't necessarily think about that mm-hmm. but when you're when you get older and do a little bit of research and start actually looking and, and seeing things then you understand um, that inheritance could mean something like so, something kind of dark about a place and, and something yeah. that you've inherited could be it might be something that you need to um, wrestle within your own heart and, and realize how much that has sort of like kind of penetrated your understanding of things um, yeah. even though you didn't have a word for it until maybe like a few years ago mm-hmm. and you, you still are in the process of understanding that um, so I, I think it's really important for us to 
go about our day-to-day lives um, understanding and, and, and seeking to understand mm-hmm. that we have inherited a lot of, of sometimes like great things, but also a lot of baggage that, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think personally, like writing is a great way to, to kind of begin to explore those questions. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I would say. Um, just, just as of all the things that I've, you know, inherited over the years, just from, <laughs> you know, family members and everything, every single one of those things has had a story. And, um, it's honestly such a beautiful thing to, to have that, but mm-hmm. it's an even, even more of a beautiful thing to understand the people that have, that have been part of that story and, and yeah. that have walked in those same places that you've walked, um, and understand what other factors have been at play in the story of yourself. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's so deep and I love it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of just teaching us like, or reminding us like the, it's not just important to consider what you've inherited, mm-hmm. um, whether or not you're conscious of the thing in the first place, but also how you kind of respond and how you mm-hmm. use that inheritance. Um, so last question, do you have any advice for how we as readers and listeners can embody the spirit of inheritance in our own lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm no expert, right, on inheritance. <laughs> None of us are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I had to give advice i would say to do your best to become more and more aware of your surroundings and be looking for stories everywhere you go um and be searching your your memory in particular Mm -hmm. and beginning to see where things kind of tie together and where Mm -hmm. stories kind of blur into another story, into another and into another. Um, And I I would say that when we go through life and go through writing with the posture of wanting to understand how the past is linked to the present, um, then we can actually form um, much more helpful things to pass down to like the next yeah. generation right and for them to inherit um and so yeah I, I think just going through like with this this posture of um wanting to understand and be aware of what's around us um is so so important for just the way that we we view ourselves and the mm-hmm. way we view others and especially the places that we're in yeah. um and not just being aware, but wanting to become more and more aware. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, and I think that's very important and very, it's a very, like, much needed mm-hmm. um, reminder, especially we have this term that we've kind of coined for ourselves at Wheaton, the Wheaton bubble, mm-hmm. not COVID-related bubble. <laughs> um but the original Wheaton bubble is kind of referencing how closeted and just a very Wheaton-centric mm-hmm. we can become. And, I mean, that's expected of anybody when you're kind of tied to a place, when your entire life centers mm-hmm. basically around a certain specific, specific location. Um, it can feel hard to get out of that and explore and be conscious of everything else that's happening because mm-hmm. it seems like life either slows down or it's just kind of mm-hmm. centered on you. And so I think it's very important to find ways to still remove yourself sometimes mm. from the place that you're in to see the bigger picture. Yeah. And 
um, yeah, that's just, I think your essay and your poem both like are a great expression of that. And what you said mm -hmm. about stories too, carrying a lot of meaning, um, that like that really, um, I really hold true to that too. Cause mm -hmm. Stories really like writing as you expressed is just such a great way to work through things but also share stories that people have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed my time with you. It was very nice. Yeah, to talk same here. This was so fun. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah. Yes, thank you for coming on to this podcast. Um, yeah, well I hope I'll get to talk to you another time soon. Yeah, me too. Thank you All so right. much for having me. Thank you, Charles. If you haven't read the foul issue yet, be sure to visit our website, wheatonpub.com, and follow us on Instagram, at wheatonpub. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you tune in next time.